Hi, and welcome to Fido, an audio adventure into fiction, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. And now, as published by Algernon Blackwood in The Wolves of God and Other Fae Stories in 1921, The Man Who Found Out, Part 3. It was five o'clock, and the June sun lay hot upon the pavement. He felt the metal doorknob burn the palm of his hand. "'Ah, Laidlaw, this is well met,' cried a voice at his elbow. "'I was in the act of coming to see you. I have a case that will interest you, and besides, I remembered that you flavored your tea with orange leaves, and I admit—it was Alexis Stephen, the great hypnotic doctor.' "'I've had no tea today,' Laidlaw said in a dazed manner, after staring for a moment as though the other had struck him in the face. A new idea entered his mind. "'What's the matter?' asked Dr. Stephen quickly. "'Something's wrong with you. It's this sudden heat or overwork. Come, man, let's go inside.' A sudden light broke upon the face of the younger man, the light of a heaven-sent inspiration. He looked into his friend's face and told a direct lie. "'Odd,' he said. I myself was just coming to see you. I have something of great importance to test your confidence with, but in your house, please, as Stephen urged him towards his own door. In your house. It's only round the corner, and I—I I cannot go back there, to my rooms, till I have told you. I'm your patient, for the moment, he added stammeringly, as soon as they were seated in the privacy of the hypnotist's sanctum, and I want—uh—my dear Laidlaw— interrupted the other in that soothing voice of command which had suggested to many a suffering soul that the cure for its pain lay in the powers of its own reawakened will. I am always at your service, as you know. You have only to tell me what I can do for you, and I will do it. He showed every desire to help him out. His manner was indescribably tactful and direct. Dr. Laidlaw looked up into his face. I surrender my will to you, he said, already calmed by the other's healing presence, and I want you to treat me hypnotically, and at once. I want you to suggest to me, his voice became very tense, that I shall forget, forget till I die, everything that has occurred to me the last two hours. Till I die, mind, he added with solemn emphasis, till I die. He floundered and stammered like a frightened boy. Alexis Stephen looked at him fixedly without speaking. And further, Laidlaw continued, I want you to ask me no questions. I wish to forget forever something I have recently discovered, something so terrible and yet so obvious that I can hardly understand why it is not patent to every mind in the world. For I have had a moment of absolute clear vision, of merciless clairvoyance. But I want no one else in the world to know what it is, least of all, old friend, yourself. He talked in utter confusion, and hardly knew what he was saying, but the pain on his face and the anguish in his voice were an instant passport to the other's heart. Nothing is easier, replied Stephen after a hesitation so slight that the other probably did not even notice it. 
Come into my other room where we shall not be disturbed. I can heal you. Your memory of the last two hours shall be wiped out as though it had never been. You can trust me, absolutely. I know I can, Laidlaw said simply, as he followed him in. An hour later, they passed back into the front room again. The sun was already behind the houses opposite, and the shadows began to gather. "'I went off easily?' Laidlaw asked. "'You were a little obstinate at first. But, though you came in like a lion, you went out like a lamb. I let you sleep a bit afterwards.' Dr. Stephen kept his eyes rather steadily upon his friend's face. "'What were you doing by the fire before you came here?' he asked, pausing in a casual tone, as he lit a cigarette and handed the case to his patient. "'I—let me see—' "'Oh, I know. I was worrying my way through poor old Ebor's papers and things. I'm his executor, you know. Then I got weary and came out for a whiff of air.' He spoke lightly and with perfect naturalness. Obviously, he was telling the truth. "'I prefer specimens to papers,' he laughed cheerfully. "'I know, I know,' said Dr. Stephen, holding a lighted match for the cigarette. His face wore an expression of content. The experiment had been a complete success.' The memory of the last two hours was wiped out utterly. Laidlaw was already chatting gaily and easily about a dozen other things that interested him. Together they went out into the street, and at his door Dr. Stephen left him with a joke and a wry face that made his friend laugh heartily. "'Don't dine on the professor's old papers by mistake!' he cried as he vanished down the street. Dr. Laidlaw went up to his study at the top of the house. Halfway down he met his housekeeper, Miss Fewings. She was flustered and excited, and her face was very red and perspiring. "'They've been burglars, sir,' she cried excitedly. "'Or something funny. All your things is just anyhow, sir. I found everything all about everywhere.' She was very confused. In this orderly and very precise establishment it was unusual to find a thing out of place. "'Oh, my specimens!' cried the doctor, dashing up the rest of the stairs at top speed. "'Have they been touched, or—' He flew to the door of the laboratory— Miss Fewings panted up heavily behind him. "'The laboratory ain't been touched, sir,' she explained breathlessly. "'But they smashed the library clock, and they've hung your gold watch, sir, on the skeleton's hands. And the books that weren't no value they flung out a window, just like so much rubbish. They must have been wild drunk, Dr. Laidlaw, sir.' The young scientist made a hurried examination of the rooms. Nothing of value was missing. He began to wonder what kind of burglars they were. He looked up sharply at Miss Fewings, standing in the doorway— for a moment he seemed to cast about in his mind for something. "'Odd,' he said at length. "'I only left here an hour ago, and everything was all right then.' "'Was it, sir?' "'Yes, sir.' She glanced sharply at him. Her room looked out upon the courtyard, and she must have seen the books come crashing down, and also have heard her master leave the house a few minutes later. "'And what's this rubbish the brutes have left?' he cried, taking up two slabs of worn grey stone on the writing-table. "'Bath brick or something, I do declare.' He looked very sharply again at the confused and troubled housekeeper. "'Throw them on the dust heap, Mrs. Fewings, and let me know if anything is missing in the house, and I will notify the police this evening.' When she left the room, he went to the laboratory and took his watch off the skeleton's fingers. His face wore a troubled expression, but after a moment's thought it cleared again. His memory was a complete blank.' "'I suppose I left it on the writing-table when I went out to take the air,' he said, and there was no one present to contradict him. He crossed to the window and blew carelessly some ashes of burned paper from the sill, and stood watching them as they floated away lazily over the tops of the trees.'
Now, if you're enjoying Fido, then you should definitely subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss an episode. You can also go to FidoPodcast.com and listen on any device. Make sure and share Fido with your friends and family if you like what you're hearing. Word of mouth is my best advertisement. Don't forget to leave me a comment or a question and I might be able to read them on the air. I love hearing from my listeners. Don't miss the store as well. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and even a Fido pint glass can all be yours. Look for the link on my website. You also don't want to miss out on the exclusive new Fedork Fan t-shirt. You'll have to message me in order to get one because they're not on any website. So, if you're a true Fedork, let me know. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Fido Podcast. And if you would like to support the show more directly, you can become a patron. I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. There is behind-the-scenes content, early access to upcoming episodes, merchandise discounts, and if you join, you'll get a personal handwritten thank you from me in the mail, as well as a Fido sticker. Also, you'll get a mention here on the show. Don't forget that coming up on October 28th, I'll be doing a live stream. We'll be reading The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. It's set to start at 8 p.m., and you can find event details over on my social media pages. That brings us to the end of episode 80. Watch for the next episode of Fido coming soon. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you once upon a next time. Fido is a member of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. Check us out at pizzaricepodcast.com.